everyone. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter. And typically, we sit down together and talk through truths in scripture. But this week, we're going to change it up. You probably are used to hearing her welcome you and ask you to write this down and read some scripture before we dive into a conversation. But this week, we decided to do things a little different. Not too long ago, my mom slash dot spoke at a retreat called the Breathe Retreat, which is actually put on by Cup of Joy Ministries, which is the ministry that my mom founded. At this retreat, she spoke about Exodus and she talked about Moses and life in the wilderness and how we are not too different than the Israelites and how do we deal with life when it doesn't go like we planned. And we just thought it could be fun for you guys to hear this episode since we are in the middle of Exodus on this podcast. So... So if you actually like this episode and you're interested and want to hear more of the sessions from this retreat, you can purchase these on Cup of Joy Ministries website, which we will link in the bio of this episode. But we are so glad that you're here. So pull up a chair, listen in, and I think you'll really enjoy this one. And don't worry, we'll be back together diving into conversation next week. Listen, I'm so excited. Molly's singing that song, I'm the canvas and the clay, and I'm thinking, you're not through with me yet. And for the love, I mean, how old do you have to be before God gets through with you? I guess when you see him. Like, well, I guess you're through with me. But, uh, you know, um, I was thinking last night, lamenting, you know, lamenting, and I heard that a lot of you were able to go into the... um, the prayer room, isn't it just beautiful? And just around, I saw that so many of you were praying and being with uh, the Father. And, you know, believe it or not, I wasn't really wanting y'all to be lamenting and crying out and, you know, and, and pouring your heart out. Like, I don't want you to cry. But you know what I found? And, and I'm so mad at Christy Melrose. She said, you are a crier. And I said, no, I'm not. And all I've done is cry. Um, because, you know, the minute I say I'm not something or I'm not going to do that, I can't shut up. I've had to bring out, I've had to bring this up here because I've, all I've done is, is, is cry since then. But you know what? Here's the thing. Here's what I know. God's not through with me yet. And he's not through with you yet. And today, what we're talking about is so dear. I can so relate so much to what I'm about to talk to you about today. But what I know is that until you get really honest with God, you're just not going to change. That's what I know. You're not going to be free. You're not going to enjoy Him. Until you are honest, I am so tired of myself of getting before God and telling him what I think he's supposed to say, I'm supposed to say. You know, saying all the the Christian words and getting in and in Jesus' name and God, I'm just trusting you. And then there's this thought, are you? God, I just love you, do you? And and you know, over the years, what I've found one of the best things for me is to say, God, how do I feel? God, what do I love? Who do I love? God, what do I want? And, and until we as the body of Christ, as a follower of Jesus, until we decide that we're no longer going to play church for many years Jesus was just an addition. He was an add-on to my life. 
until your life falls apart. And then he becomes your life. Now, I don't know who's in here that knows what I've just said. There's going to come a time in your life, and I'll tell you why. Because God loves you too much to let you fake it. And he wants you to see you as he sees you. And you know how he sees you? Beautiful. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that has washed you as white as snow. I have three children. Two of them are here. You know, met Kara. Christy's here. She's pace group. She's the first. And then we um, had a son, Scott, and he's married to Addie, who does the, the store. And then I was done. You know, and then Howard went to hear Bill Gother. I don't know if any of you know who Bill Gother is. He, by the way, he's not married, was never married, never had any children. But he had a, a real hard time not keeping his mouth shut to saying that all Christians should have a lot of children. Now, I don't know what got him thinking that because he wasn't having any. And, um, <laughs> and he wasn't going through labor because he was a man. But... Um, Howard came to me after this thing. He said, I think we need to have another child. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm just going to the bathroom by myself. I get to go to the grocery store. I get to go in without the little note under the door, Mom, are you through yet? You know know what I'm talking about? And uh, I said, let's just, you know, let's pray about it. So I was hard. It was hard. Uh, If you know my story, I was told I couldn't have children. Doctor told me I couldn't have children. God said, yes, you can. But anyway, um, I said, we'll try one month, thinking, the whole, you know, one month, I mean, you know. And uh, sure enough, I had to go and tell the kids, uh, Christy and Addie, I mean, Christy and Scott, they thought that we were going to say they were going to get a puppy. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, moms, we're going to have a baby. What? Anyway, they weren't real happy that one was uh, 13 and one was 10, so they kind of knew how that happened. And so that made them, <laughs> that made them a little nauseated. And so, um, and so anyway, that's not on my topic or my notes. Uh, but here's the reason for all this. And there's Christy getting her head shaved like, Mom, no. Like, they're already going to go in there and throw up. But anyway, so here's the deal. Here's what it is. I see my children, and I know that they're a gift from God, and I, and, and I have grandchildren, and I have a great-grandson. And over the years, I see them, and I see their heart, and I just want what's best for them. And I say to them so often, I wish you could see you as I see you. And you don't have to have kids to feel that way. You can have people that you love. You can have your friends. You can have your husband. You just wish, you just wish they could see the good, that, how God had created them. And one day when I was saying that to, to Kara, I'm like, Kara, I just, I just wish you could see how beautiful. I wish you could see what I could see in you. I felt God saying, I wish you could see how beautiful you are to me. And so when I say that God's not through with me yet, and when I say that to be honest before God, if you just sit 
before him. If you just say, God, I don't know what to say. When you don't know what to say, just say what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? What shall I say? What shall I say? Jesus? He said that? Yeah, in Gethsemane. What shall I say? Let this cup pass from me? And sometimes you just have to get along with God. And you just have to say, I don't have anything to say. What should I say? And he'll start talking. I promise. Sit there long enough. I'm a talker as you figure that out. And so sometimes I feel like God is just saying, just shut up. Let me talk a little bit. Um, But here's something I want you to turn to Exodus. We're going to talk about something today. very, very special. As you know, we got Moses out of the basket into the wilderness, went there for 40 years, stayed there. God used those 40 years to prepare him for what God had prepared for him. Now, I wonder, do you feel like you waste time? You know, um, When I'm getting ready for all of this, you know how you you pray and you fast? Well, I don't know you're not getting ready for this, but maybe I should fast and pray before you get here. But um, but a lot of times, you know, when I'm we're preparing the team, we're praying. So I'm I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fast over social media and stuff, you know, that kind of thing. I did not know how much that sucked up my time. Now, I'm not here to fight against it because I know some people are here because of social media. But I do know that there are some things that really does take a lot of your time. You don't realize that it's taking a lot of your time. And then there's sometimes even your mind just starts making you so tired. You just can't think very clearly because your mind's just going in every direction, you know. And you feel like sometimes that you're just wasting time. Well, here's what I want to tell you something, and we're going to get into into Exodus, and I want you to to turn to Exodus 13. But before we do, I want to tell you this, and I want you to write this down. There's one thing that God does not do. God never wastes time, and he never wastes experience. I want you to write that down. God never wastes time. God never wastes time. And he never wastes experiences. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I just told you something extremely profound that is going to change your life if you grab hold of it. I was told this many years ago by a pastor. And over the years, I realized that in my life, when I thought that I was wasting time, when I thought I was going around over and around and around again, when I would sit before God and say, God, am I still here about this same thing? God, am I still having to deal with this attitude? God, am I still having to deal with this low self-image, these insecurities? God, am I still here? I just feel like I was wasting time. I feel like God must feel like, you're, you, you know, are we really, am I you really talking about this again? And I realized God never wastes time. Even when I walked away from God, even when I was living 
for my own satisfaction. When I was going about my life, when I wanted to do what I wanted to do, when I did not want to hear from God, when I ran away from God, even when I was living in sin, God never wastes time and he never waste experiences. Remember, Moses had killed the Egyptian, and he ran into the wilderness, and he became a shepherd. And the Egyptians, he grew up among the Egyptians. He knew about how the Egyptians felt. He knew about the Egyptians' gods. He knew all about the, the views of how the Egyptians would see the, the Israelites, the Hebrews. So he wanted to go out there and, and see how are they doing to the Hebrews. There was something in Moses that Moses didn't even know was in Moses. Moses wanted to rescue the uh, Israelites the Hebrew, his fellow, his brethren. He didn't know that. And he kills this Egyptian and he runs into the wilderness. And for 40 years, God prepared him how to live in the wilderness. That 40 years, I, I would remember laughing when I remember teaching this. Like, oh my goodness, I'm in the wilderness for 40 years. Oh my goodness, I'm just like Moses. I'm just running around in circles, running around in circles, running around in circles. Have you ever felt that way? And let me tell you something. It's never wasted. If you believe in the sovereignty of God, and I do, God can use the biggest mistake you've ever made and work it out for our good, that song. In all things, I'm the canvas, you're the clay. All things are for your glory. God uses all things. Do you think for one minute that you are bigger than God? All things, God comes running after you. God said, Moses, Moses, you think about Paul. You think about Paul, and here's this great Israelite. He's the Pharisee. He knew everything, but he was wrong, and God stopped him. And because of him, he had to be humbled. He asked God, he said, would you please remove this thing from me, this thorn in the flesh? And God said, no, because I need to humble you. No. If you're not going to answer Saul's prayers, mine's iffy. He said, I need to humble you because you've been able to see things. I've shown you things that very few people have ever seen. And I want to use you, Saul. I'm going to make you into Paul. And we have two-thirds of the New Testament. Was Saul's life wasted? Was Moses' life wasted? Is your life wasted? God want to do something in you? Does God want to use you? Does God want to use, you know, I say this is your story. Well, it is kind of your story. And one day I felt like, because you know we're in a relationship with God, so it is my story, it's things that God's done. It was like, it's my story. 
God was saying, it's my story in you. That's what I'm developing. I'm developing my story. I'm developing our relationship in you. And as we turn to uh, Exodus 13, I want you to start at 17. You know that they have just gone through the Passover. They, I mean, God had gotten them out. He just, I mean, he just showed off. He was like, um, and, and yeah, I think about this. You think about wasted time. God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to um, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. But by the way, they're, he's not going to let you go. Uh, that's a little waste of time. Moses, you don't know what I'm doing. I know what I know what I'm doing. And I know you, known in the unknown. You don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, you know, you're going you're gonna to be shocked. You're going to be in awe of what you're going to see. He said, but I want you to go, and I want you to uh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But the, he's not going to. He's a matter of fact, there's part where God hardens Pharaoh's heart, and then there's part Pharaoh gets in on the program, and he hardens his own heart. But finally, put the blood on the door, and I'll pass by. And here are the people, the Israelites. Now we become a nation. We started with Abraham. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to take one person. I'm going to take 12 tribes of Israel, and I'm going to make my people a nation. And they're going to know me. And here they go. Let's look. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. I guess he didn't have ways. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Underline that. No, no, God, this is the promised land, the milk and the honey kind of stuff we're excited about. You know, I've been free. He said, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm equipping you. If, if We've got to go this way because he knew that their spiritual journey, he knew these people, and he knew that if he automatically got them into battle, they would want to turn around and go to Egypt, and they still do it. He equipped them for battle. God led them. Now, here's what I want you to know. This is what I want you to look at this verse. God never wastes time or experiences. He led them. So if God led them, it wasn't wasted time. God led them. God knew them. God knows them. He knew their heart. He knew that if they were all of a sudden get out of Egypt and begin to have to fight their battles and begin to have to uh, go to war, they'd get discouraged and they'd want to they'd turn back and go back to Egypt. Now we find, we're going to read it today, 
that they end up wanting to go back to Egypt anyway. But you've got to think about this. We are living in a time, it's been for a long time, that we're being told as the body of Christ that if you follow Jesus, it's going to be wonderful. Now, it is, but you're going to have a battle. And Jesus said it so beautifully. He said, in this world, you'll have what? Tribulation, trouble. Be of good cheer, I've overcome it. And we, as the body of Christ, we, as children of God, we that are followers that want to know and and serve and to be free, we've got to be equipped for the battle. Now, God says, I'll fight your battles. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You got to suit up. That's what Ephesians 6 is all about. You got to suit up. And you stand still and you pray and let me fight for you. And Moses tells them, they get so scared. Here comes the Egyptians. Here's the the Red Sea. The Egyptians are behind. What are they going to do? And God said to Moses, tell them, be still. I'll fight for you. Moses said to the people, you'll never see these people again. But ladies, here's what I want you to know. The reason I walked away And I would say 99.9% of the time that I'm wanting to walk away, but a time in my life when I was giving up on the Christian life, I had tried to live the Christian life in my own strength. They told me what all I was supposed to do. It seemed so tiring. Basically, it seemed a little boring, to tell you the truth. But I was going to do it. I was going to be the good Christian I loved Jesus. He had died for me. I wanted to, but it was hard. And I didn't know that God had given me the Holy Spirit to empower me to stand firm and allow him to fight my battles. I didn't even know I was going to have a battle. But the reason that I wanted to walk away from God was because he did not lead me in the way that I thought that I should go. He was not performing in the way that I thought he should or that I was told. My life was not the way that I thought it was going to turn out to be. People were still mean to me. My husband, bless his heart. I mean, he's getting all kinds of crowns in heaven just being married to me. But, you know, you have these expectations, and, and here I'm having this life, and, and it's good, but there's something that was inside of me that was dying. And it was, it was not understanding and knowing who God is. I did not know. I did not know that when God begins to do a work in your life, when you begin to be set free, Now, remember, the Passover to the Jewish people is like the cross to us. They've been set free. We've been set free. They had the blood over the lamb. Jesus shed the blood on the cross. They had the blood of the lamb shed over the doorpost. Jesus shed the blood over the cross. And he invites us. He invites us into having a relationship with him. He wants to set us free. Jesus said, I came to set you free. 
and you accept Jesus, and you're so excited about being free, but all of a sudden, you get across, you know you're following Jesus, and it's not in the path in the direction you thought. Let me ask you something, and you don't have to answer this. This is i talk about it later. But I want you to answer this question to yourself. Are you right now in your life where you thought you'd be? Has God disappointed you? You know, God uses all things. He never wastes time and never wastes experiences. Let me tell you what the wilderness is. The wilderness is life between. It's that, is that life. It's that ground in between freedom and the promised land in eternity. The promised land, I was told many years ago that um, promised land was heaven. It's not heaven. The promised land was never a symbol of heaven. You don't fight battles in heaven. And so here we are. We've been set free. So there is this land in between. How do you walk in the freedom that God has set you free? How do you experience that freedom? That's every day. That's when God begins to work in your life. You know how you do it? One step at a time. One step at a time. And you begin to walk with God. You begin to say, God, hold my hand. I've told you this so many times. I've got these sheep. I'm so, I'm so easy to be wandering around. I, I'm telling you that I need a shepherd. I need God always. I, I thought one time, I thought, you know, um, if, you, if God would just come with a cloud and he woke me up and then there's this fire and then we'd just head out, I, surely to goodness I would follow that. But you know what? You know this burning bush that's not burning over here? I've been waiting on a burning bush. I've been waiting on a miracle. God, I want you to really show up. And he said, Sugar Pie, you are the miracle. My light's in you. I'm waiting on God to change all my circumstances. And God said, that'd be easy. I want to change you. It's a journey, ladies. I don't know how long it's going to take you. I don't know what God's doing in your life. I don't even know what he's doing in mine. But I'm going to trust him. Because you know what? I've tried life on my own. I tried to go my own way. I saw the battles, and I didn't want to fight them. And then I realized God's battles are a lot easier than my self-inflicted battles. But you know, it's easy. It's a, it's a journey. I want you to turn to uh, Exodus 14. I want you to look at verses 10 through 14. When uh, Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, 
They said to Moses, Is it because there is no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? They wanted to go back. You ever wanted to go back to your life? Did you feel like it was easier when you weren't a Christian? You didn't know that you were supposed to forgive then. It's real hard when you want to stay bitter. They get there. He said, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not and stand firm. God's going to fight. Ladies, there's so much in this. But God does a miracle. The very thing, I want you to listen to this. You want to write this down. The very thing that they thought that would destroy them was their escape to freedom. The Red Sea. The Egyptians. God took care of them. And boy, were they happy. They start singing praises. They're done. The next chapter, you get into 15, and I mean, there's the song. I mean, he says, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed uh, gloriously. The horse and the rider, he has thrown them into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. They are thrilled. God has shown up. God has taken over. God has taken care of the enemy. Oh, I'm free now. It's easy to sing a praise when everything's going well. But I want you to look. This is not by mistake, in my opinion, that these verses are here. I want you to go down to verse 22. Then Moses made Israel sit out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. If you've ever been around someone that's been bitter, no facelift can take care of that bitterness off their face, FYI. The people began to grumble and against God, Moses saying, what shall we drink? And Moses cries out to the Lord. Now, you know Moses like, I told you I couldn't handle these people. He cries out to the Lord, which is such a principle for us. That's exactly what we need to do when we get overloaded. And he threw it, and, he, and God showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Now, you know that those people are sitting there going, great. Where's the milk and the honey? Here we are. There's not even any water. We can do without milk and honey, but I've got to have water. And now our leader is throwing a limb into the water. This is a waste of time. And God said, Moses, let's do it my way. Now, do you think that God could have done and changed that water without the log. God is up to something, and we're going to talk about it tonight. But what we want to see today is that God leads us, and there's a reason he leads us, and there's a reason he tests us. He's testing you. That I don't do well with tests. 
But I want you to know that when you are going through a difficult time, when you think that testing is punishment, it's not. It doesn't mean God doesn't care. He's trying to free you. He's trying to expose. It is like an MRI. It's like an x-ray machine. Honey, you've got cancer in your body, that bitterness, that anger, that unforgiveness, that unmet expectation, that anger that you can't deal with, the disappointment that has turned into anger that's now turned into bitterness. And the only way, and it's true, The only way that we are willing to admit and to see what's really going in us is when God puts us into a situation and he exposes our hearts. They're singing a great song. It's great to praise God when everything's going right. It, you know what? People say, well, don't say that you're sick. Now don't say that because you're going to, you, you need to have faith that don't say you're sick. Let me tell you something. I don't care. You don't have to say you're sick. I don't care. Here's what I want you to know. It takes more faith to be sick than it is to say you're not sick while you got a cold. Did you hear me? It takes more faith to trust God and to hold on to God when things are going bad than it is when God has just split the Red Sea. Can you even imagine what it must have been like when they walked through that Red Sea and there there's this this wall of water. And and they're like, wow, I'm not even getting wet. How's your hair? It's not fuzzing up. (laughs) You know, when my hair gets, you know, humidity, it starts shrinking. And it looks like I've rolled it on those little pink, little spongy things, you know. And, and they're walking through, and they're like, look, I'm not even wet. Oh, our God is good. Oh, our God is good. And then God leads them because God's like, we've got to get something. Do you know something? It is easier to get the Israelites out of Egypt than it was to get Egypt out of the Israelites. It's easier to get the Israelites, and you know what it took to get them out. It was easier to get them out of Egypt than it is to get Egypt out of them. You live in the wilderness, and you are learning how to live in this world. You are learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. You are learning. God is teaching you how to have faith when it's hard and it's impossible to hold on to Him. You are in a spiritual faith journey. And it's every time, every test, are you going to trust me, Dot? Are you going to trust me, Sugar Pie? Are you going to trust me? Yes, Father, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to be like Moses. Unless you're going, I'm not going. Because I've gone the way of the wilderness. When I knew that God was wanting me to go one way, and I was going to go my other way, and God said, well, let her go. You know, I know that I uh, talk so much about my 
walk with God, and, and I really do love God, I really am wanting to trust Him. But there's these things that I get. People put things in your head. You know, they thoughts. And last night, you know, we're talking about you know, I'm, you know, go before God, be real before God, and everything. And you know, I got up here and I said, um, you know, I'm not a professional speaker, you know, but I got my iPad and I've got my notes on here and stuff. And uh, I was going through the Abraham and you know, going through all that. And I'm thinking about that stupid iPad sitting up here. And I'm thinking, I hate that thing. Now, I'm trying to get through lamenting in my mind, but in this, I was fighting a battle. And I don't know if you noticed, but my iPad stayed back here, and I was up here. And so my daughter and Carla, and Carla's been with me for so many years, and Kara, and we've talked about my notes and, like, how you do with your notes. And um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm writing some notes. I'm putting my notes down, putting on my iPad. And when I told Kara that I had my notes on those iPads, you would have thought I had told her that her mother was going to slap her. She was like, what? She was so scared that I was touching any kind of, you know, computer or anything to do anything. But I, I, I've been told if you're a good speaker... You just get notes, and you just follow them, and you you know you want to make sure that you've got this statement that you're gonna you you what are you gonna to try to get across, and then you know you need to relate a little bit to the people, and so they have these little outline things. And I've been told that, and that's my Egypt. Did I tell you? Did I mention to y'all that I never wanted to do this, but I cannot not do it because God wants me to do it. And so last night, I leave here, and I say to one of my grandchildren, they were walking, I said, now don't tell Kara, but I'm not going to use that iPad anymore. <laughs> so we have this little group text, Carl and Kara, and I'm like, I'm not going to use my iPad. I, I don't have an iPad up here. I'm not going to use my iPad. And so now this is me. I'm the note, no note taker dot. And so that's why I wrote, I'm a no note taker dot. And Kara said, you have never been a note taker dot. <laughs> I've never had a t- I know, never. But I'm laying in bed. After I'd walked and told Kenzie, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, don't tell, don't tell Kara, but, and Carl and them, but I don't think I'm going to do notes. Well, they never, the whole time, they said, Mom, you put your back, t-. we knew that. Laying in bed. And he says, God began it. The wilderness was never meant for you to be in slavery to. The world, your life, the things that I've put you in was meant to free you. What does that have to do with my notes? I was enslaved to what the expectation that I believed needed to be to be a good speaker. I was enslaved. I meet with my grandkids, mentor them. And if they've heard me once, they've heard me a thousand times. Even with my kids, even anybody listen to me. Don't bring Egypt into the promised land.
when you're walking in his promises, when you're walking, the promised land is walking, and we're going to talk about that tonight, but walking in who God is. That we're being, we're walking into freedom. We are being freed. It's called sanctification. We've already been set free. Now we're getting to enjoy and walk in the freedom that God has already done. And you have to be careful what you listen to and who you listen to. You let God lead you. You let God define you. You let God determine your self-worth, as we talked about. You are in a relationship with him. And as I began to sit there last night, I began to weep. And I'm like, God, here I am telling these ladies to be free. Here I am. I'm talking about, and I am enslaved that I'm supposed to be this speaker. When I was up here where uh, you were singing, the enemy started. You don't have your notes. It started. What are you going to start saying? What are you going to say? And I'm like, God, I don't know. What do you want to say? Now, I prepare. Don't get me wrong. I don't just say, oh, Holy Spirit, I'm going to get up here and start talking, and and you just start talking. I think that's asking the Holy Spirit to cheat. If it's not in me, it's not going to come out. I prepare. But for me, for me, I just got to be me. And I just got to take the scripture. And I just got to look at it and go, oh, God, look. Look where it's between. It's between the the Red Sea. It's between the battle, the praise. And now they're bitter. Now they're changing. It's not by mistake. It is a process. You are going, the way of the wilderness will be, there will be a battle, there will be victory, there will be testing, there will be a battle. You notice that? And as you begin to walk with God, don't get discouraged. Let God reveal to you who you are. Don't try to be everybody else. Just be you. And I begin, I'm, I'm trying to be me. But if you don't know who me is, it's hard to be her. And so as I want to encourage you, and as we finish, I don't even know when we're supposed to finish. Does that tell y'all something? Maybe I should do the, am I done? But oh, we're not done yet. Um, come on up, Molly. We'll be done in a minute. I have no idea what time I'm supposed to be through, and that's scaring them to death, I think. Um, but here's what I want to tell you is this. In your covenant of silence and talking, and today, I just I want to make sure that I'm clear. And that is the way of the wilderness. The wilderness is the life between being set free, which Jesus, if you are his child, he has set you free. If you've accepted him, if you've accepted the cross and his shame and blood for you, he, you've been set free. And the wilderness, your life you are where you are today. And some of this is going to make you mad, but I'm just telling you it's true. You are where you are today because God has led you there. You're not bigger than God. And you may not like where you are. And you may be tempted to get better. But when you begin to see 
God, you don't waste time. You don't waste experiences. I've given my life to you. And if this is what my life is, if this is my journey, it is my journey. Let me repeat that. You are wherever you are right now in your life, in your circumstances. You're there because God has led you there. And freedom is that moment. Experiencing freedom, Jesus set you free. Experiencing freedom is that moment when you say, God, I surrender. I am. I will embrace where I am. I may be facing a battle. I may feel like I'm going down for the third time. I may see that the enemy's behind me and the Red Sea's in front of me. But God says, wait, I'm about to show you things you're not going to believe. I'm about to move if you'll just let me be God of Dot Bowen. I'll never forget that moment when I was complaining and angry with God with what was going on in my life when God says, would you just let me be God of Dot Bowen? I make a better God. The way of the wilderness, your life right now is life between knowing I've been set free and I'm a child of God and walking to the freedom and in God's promises. And God is going to lead you each step of the way, if you'll let him. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.